From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. I am Brian. Uh, this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We're back. We it was. Back. It's only a week for you guys. It's been two weeks for us. Um... Whoa. Whoa! So apparently, uh, no, no, that was the power button. No, I just want to <laughs> mute it. Uh, it keeps turning off and on again. Clearly, we forgot everything. There we go. Holy shit! Uh, there's just us dancing on the. <laughs> Jeez. Are you sure there's not another mic on somewhere? Why am I hearing? Uh, off, 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 off. Yeah, no, man. Why? I, unless somebody's. Gain is out. No, man, we're good. No? Okay. Oh, actually, what did you do there? That sounds a little better. I didn't do nothing. Okay. Maybe I turned the audio on this thing off. Uh, I wouldn't have done anything. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right. Anyway, so yeah, no, so it's been two weeks for us because uh, we're just, we're trying to get a little caught up on episodes just for whatever reason. We've both become incredibly busy, it seems like. That's so. the way it goes, man. All right, uh, Brian. What have you been up to? Uh, actually, I should probably do all the reads first. That's probably oh, yeah. the top, right? Uh, just like DOO, I just gotta get in the groove of it again. All right. Uh, so before we get too deep here, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors first. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Uh, the latest one is all about homebrew gadgets, and it's actually really kind of cool and a lot of fun. Been reading that magazine on my toilet for years. It's a good toilet mag. <laughs> Alright, uh, click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today, and then uh, we get some money from them for you guys signing up through us. So yeah, do that. That's great. Uh, also, uh, if you'd like to support us more directly, uh, head over to patreon.com slash blindstudios, or click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Then you can be as awesome as Andy Thompson, our black belt patron. And if you'd like to be that awesome, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash blindstudios, and you get access to uh, not only like the live video feed of this show, but also the live video feed of Tabletop Theater, which can be fun. You guys can kind of see our uh, stupid faces while we're trying to role play, and that's <laughs> neat. Uh, and uh, a few extra things, so guys, check that out. And uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, which you know you are, because half of this goddamn world is uh, on Amazon, uh, <laughs> head over to blindnewsstudios.com, click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage. Your Amazon shopping is normally get a bit of a kickback from Amazon, so you're really sticking it to them and helping us, so do that. Um, did I make that antagonistic enough? <laughs> I, I had to snicker away from the microphone uh, just now. I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah. Been crazy at the brewery lately. Uh, weekend was kind of crazy. Uh, we just had the anniversary party. The party. Yep. Uh, last. Well, that was last weekend. Yeah, that was last weekend. What? It's just, it sounds weird. That's all right. It's sounding different now. Oh, there. What'd you I, do? I turned your headphones down. I just, I just, okay. That was it? Yeah. All right. I think. I think so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little bit uh, better now. All right. Okay. Anyway, yeah, a uh, crazy anniversary party at the brewery. Uh, definitely uh, had to leave by about 9.30. Those days just get so, so freaking long. Um, and then, uh, what the hell else is going on? Uh, we released Double Bromance. We released another... So what is uh, Double Bromance again? It's another double IPA. Um, we, I guess our brewery is uh, people like our lager and they like our double IPA and that's I mean they like the other beer too but we just uh, tend to make a lot of those and they sell well and that's kind of the two styles that I think a, a lot of us are most into at the brewery and uh, there's talk of brewing a mild um, mm. which I'm sure Casey will enjoy <laughs> uh, then there's some talk Maris Otter base I'm guessing uh, 
we were thinking Maris. Yeah, like we one of our brewers. It seems is, like Justin really likes Maris. Yeah, one of our brewers was kind of like I don't know about Maris Otter, and the rest of us were like you're nuts. I mean, you could do Golden Promise. I think the only way to go is Maris Otter, and furthermore, I don't think we've made a beer with Maris Otter at the brewery yet. So, oh really? Yeah, definitely Golden Promise. Um, in a few of our beers, yeah, a couple. It's a good. It's a good malt. Indeed. So that's kind of what I've been doing beer wise. Um, yeah, we got a couple of delicious uh, Sierra Nevada pale ales here. Yeah, in front man. Of us. Like, so I don't know. I just. I, I was craving this beer. It might have been I like I just came back from LA and uh, had a bunch of crazy stuff there. Had some modern times. Had some uh, some other small brewery stuff out there. Uh, Firestone Walker and all that. Yeah. When I got back and I was like, you know, like Sierra Nevada just sounds real good right now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know I wanted one until you saw one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you're like, oh yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's just like it's just a good solid pale ale that all pale ale should uh, strive to be. If yeah, I mean something different, but the same. Uh, yeah, so beer wise, I went out to LA, uh, did that whole thing, um, watch Pete get uh, somewhat accosted by a Spiderman, and uh, what? So we're we're walking down Hollywood Boulevard like you do, and uh, there was a Spiderman who like stepped up on Pete. And Pete just like looked at him and like stared him down, and the Spider Man walked away. Wow! <laughs> no, uh, no battle. Uh, I, I was waiting for it. Like I, I, I stood back a little no bit, slinging. and I was like, "Oh shit!" Shut up, that go down. <laughs> I was like, I was eat, I was eating my L.A. hot dog, and uh, <laughs> what? That like that's a thing. Well, so so I've learned recently that each region has their own hot dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you know the, sh- the classic Chicago dog, yep, which is uh, like Giadara and all that stuff on it. Yep. Um, I had the Seattle dog, uh-huh. which so far for me is winning. It has like <laughs> cream cheese and like fried uh, onions and stuff on top of it. The cream cheese makes it for me. I like cream cheese on on a hot dog. Uh, really, I like cream cheese on anything. I'm a fat <laughs> fuck. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, so, then I had the L.A. dog, which has, like, jalapenos and shit on it. Like, it, it has, like, a Mexican twist to it. Okay. So, it's, like, fajita veggies and jalapenos, and it's, and the entire hot dog is wrapped in bacon. That's pretty freaking awesome. It was very good. I, I would not, like, so I'm just, like, that's apparently my new thing, is when I go to a new city, I get the hot dog. I do like me a city. hot dog, though, for reals. Uh, what was Lolo American Kitchen in Hudson, Wisconsin has, um bacon wrapped hot dogs that are out of this there's, world. I, there's just something classic and good, like it's good American street food. Yeah. Is, absolutely. is what it is and I don't know it, it was fun. So I was just eating my hot dog and watching Spider-Man. Uh, then uh, we we went to uh, I don't know I kind of dubbed it like we started going to places where people died because uh, <laughs> Matt was like well we got to go to the Viper Room because uh, that's where River uh, River Phoenix OD'd and Johnny Depp owned it for yeah, a while. Like, right, like outside. He OD'd like outside. Yeah, so yeah. We, we went to the Viper Room and had a beer there. Uh, we went to the Rainbow Room where Belushi had his last meal. Oh, crazy. Um, we went to, I don't know, we went to Whiskey Go-Go. I don't know what happened at Whiskey Go-Go. Matt just kept saying, we gotta go here, and I was kind of drunk at that well, point. Well, it's like a famous music venue. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was playing, but the bar was open, so we checked that out. Um, and then uh, our Uber driver from Hollywood Boulevard to the Sunset Strip uh, starred in a Netflix movie that he kept talking about. Uh, that's great. <laughs> it's Australian, dude. Uh, it was um, uh, Happy Hunting came out this past year. Interesting. Yeah. It, it got good reviews, like won a bunch of awards at like film festivals and shit. Did, so, like, you, did you... Check them out then, or check the movie out, or I've, I haven't watched it yet. But we like no way it was a we, series. We, uh, no, it's just a straight a straight movie. Oh, uh, we uh, I don't know. We we just verified while we were in the Uber to make sure like I would. Yeah, like I have the IMDb app. I'm not gonna, like I'm not gonna play what's around. What's this guy? What's this guy saying? 
Uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, let's. I'm, I'm trying to like went to some arcade bars. Uh, went like did the whole Griffith Park thing. Walked up, walked up the hill, saw where MacGyver lived. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It was it was a fun time in L.A. Everything's so far away from everything there. Really? Well, so uh, where we stayed, we stayed in the valley. Okay. And so we were 45 minutes from anything we wanted to do. Holy shit. Yeah. So it was a lot of time in the car. I want to go back and stay like downtown. Right. Where I can just go do stuff. So. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was fun. Had a lot of beer. Uh, trying to remember specific beers, but I really can't. There's oh, so many. Modern Times had a three and a half percent mild on. <laughs> that I you drank don't the say. shit out of. <laughs> I went to the Modern Times in San Diego, and I spent a lot of time there, uh, a couple days in a row. Uh, and they sent they sent me away with a lot of uh, free beer, which was really rad. Nice. So the the brewery connection, lovely. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, other than that, not really a whole lot beer related uh, this week. Been just trying to get back into the groove of things. Um, well, should we try some homebrew? That, I think that's we probably the, that's should. The thing yeah. that we do, right? That's, that's uh, you know. one of these times. I'm gonna get the pour timed right where we can see the big head <laughs> on the on the beer cam before we start. But uh, take a look yeah. at beer cam. Take a look at beer cam. All right. So uh, today we're doing uh, what is it? Belgian Golden Strong Ale uh, recipe here. Um, I don't have an easy way to share it anymore now that uh, Brew Toad's dead. But uh, here we go. Uh, so it is. Uh, give me my percentages, damn it. <laughs> uh, and then if you're watching, I'm taking the beer from beer cam so I can yes. drink it. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is 66.6% uh, Belgian two row. Uh, then 20% uh, Belgian Pilsner. Then 13% uh, Belgian candy sugar. I think that. Almost adds up. That's like ninety nine percent. Sure. There. Um. And so yeah. So that's a very simple recipe. It's a Belgian. Like. Um. Then I did thirty two IBUs of Styrian Goldings at sixty minutes, and then fermented with uh, Yeast Belgian Strong, where the number got blown away here. Let me grab the number here for you. Belgian Golden Strong. Belgian Strong Y Yeast is number 1388. Just to remind everybody, are you doing starters? This, yeah, yep, yep, okay. starters. Yeah, I start pretty much all of them. Okay. One liter. Yep. Okay. And then I decant it and just pitch, mm-hmm. pitch the yeasties. Indeed. Indeed is a solid brewery. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into Milwaukee. They're gonna do a tap room there. I think. Oh, really? Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder how that how that works because if you have, I mean, I wonder if it's just uh, if they're not gonna like be producing alcohol there. If they're just gonna, oh, if it's just gonna be a bar. Yeah, because I because a cross state tap room. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to be a resident in order to. Um, yeah, you have to be a resident. To, uh, to own a, and operate a brewery in, in uh, Wisconsin. But you're not a resident of Wisconsin. Correct. My business partner is, though. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and he has, the control, he has the controlling share. So. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. There's I that. Know, I did not know that. Yeah. All right. That. Okay. I think it's that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, overall impression here, we're looking for a pale, complex, effervescent, strong Belgian style ale that is highly attenuated and features fruity and hoppy notes uh, in preference to phenolics. Um, well, we may have missed style here. Uh, complex Uh-oh. with significant fruity esters in the aroma, moderate spiciness and low to moderate alcohol and hop aromas. Esters are reminiscent of lighter fruits such as pears, oranges, or apples. I am slow on the uptake here because, yeah, I uh, we're looking at 25C, and I just look around. Yeah. Yep. I get a lot of fruit. Yep. Very fruity, actually. I was... Fruit, there's clove, a um, little bit of spice from... Yeah, mo- moderate to moderately low spicy peppery uh, phenols, a low to moderate yet distinctive perfumey floral, alco- or floral hop characters often yep. present. 
Yeah, Flor. Yeah, no, man. I don't know. What were you talking about? Like, oh, I, I was, I was worried that we were gonna be very uh, phenolic. No, no, no. This is. Uh, no, this is exactly a word. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually surprised. I, I didn't read the description before I made that comment. So. Nothing hot or solventy. There is definitely light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This grainy. is nine and a half percent. By the There's way, there's light graininess on the nose too. Uh, yeah. So uh, OG on this was a 1084, and finished okay. out at. Do I have that here? Uh, about 1013. <laughs> Ten thirteen. Ten thirteen. Uh, oh, that's what it was down to. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Sure. Um, appearance: yellow to medium golden color. Good clarity. Effervescent. Uh, massive, long-lasting, rocky, often beady uh, white head, resulting in characteristic Belgian lace. Yeah, and you know, honestly, there was when this was initially poured, there was a nice big rocky white head, there was. and then uh, now uh, there is still there's some tight bubbly still retention on this one. Um, which yeah. is impressive. Mine has some given, floaties in it from the bottom of the keg. Yeah, me too. I got some chunks, but whatever. It's a whole. But colors, colors about right. Mm. Yep. Good on that. Moving on. All right. Flavor: marriage of fruity, spicy, and alcohol flavors, supported by a soft malt character. Uh, esters are reminiscent of pears, oranges, or apples. Low to moderately low phenols are peppery in character. A low to moderate spicy hop character is often present. Alcohols are soft and spicy and are low to moderate in intensity. Bitterness is typically medium to high uh, from a combination of hot bitterness and yeast produced phenolics. Holy shit. Is that good holy shit or bad? No, holy good. Shit? Good. That it's just <laughs> There's lots of flavor. There's a lot going on. Yeah, pear and apple for sure, and then I think the the piece to the puzzle on why that's occurring is the uh, candy sugar that was in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, the generally, it'll... oh wow, this is it's dry. Yeah, definitely dry. Uh, the um, like I was saying, the apple pear type body stretching happens because of the uh, simple sugar that you added, mm-hmm. like the candy sugar. Do you think we added too much? I do not. All right, I yeah. I think I like it's it's always impressive to me like with such a simple malt bill like it's it's two malts malts and sugar yep. that you can get something so complex. Well, then the last episode, if you guys are listening to these in order, which I mean, with podcasts for me, if they're not episode, you know, <laughs> episodic, well, right, then I'm I'm all over the place. I just want to listen to what I want to listen yeah. to. But that said, we talked about it. What a Scotch ale last time that we were recording Mm -hmm. and uh that was uh super flavorful and and a lot of that had to do with uh the yeast and i keep i think i i think i hope i i keep on pounding this point um that you know yeah yeast (laughs) casey just made an oofda face (laughs) uh he's you know drinking this strong ale but yeah so the yeast think 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 really hard about how that plays into your beer and then from style guidelines and then also the temperature associated with the ferment on these types of yeast that are, you know, you're trying to make them do gymnastics. So I, I brewed this almost four months ago. I brewed this 929 okay. of 2018. So it's it's ha- it has a few months on it. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, I'm not getting any, like, hot alcohol. No. I'm nope. getting just like this very like warming like booziness just yep and then you know I I don't again your temp control on this was none none and would you say I mean would you have any idea? uh that at that time um I'm guessing it's probably seventy down here okay so yeah for it to for 70. it to get any I think more banana it would have been to would have had to have been a much higher temperature. So yeah, no, it fermented like it wasn't super high because I don't get any right. banana. Yeah, no, me neither. No banana, just very no much clove. banana. No, yes, I have no banana. Uh, yeah, no, some clove, clove heavy, spicy, floral, a lot of pepper. I like this beer. Yeah, this one's good. I'm not like I was a little worried when I was I was pouring. It. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like it smells super Belgian-y. Uh, no, but it's supposed to. Supposed to. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, mouthfeel highly carbonated, effervescent, uh, high to medium body, sh- although should be lighter 
uh, than the substantial gravity would suggest. Smooth but noticeable alcohol warmth. Not hot alcohol, or no hot alcohol or solventy character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. I'm thumbs in this which one. Which is good. Too. After uh, two weeks ago, we had a thumbs down, which made me sad on the inside. <laughs> which one was it again? I can't remember. Uh, it was the Scottish. Oh. It was just thin and yeah. kind of a bummer. So We I both know that one, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's been any conflict. No, we usually agree. <laughs> yeah. If it sucks, we're okay with it. <laughs> Great minds. Well, I wouldn't go that far. What? <laughs> and then me. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let, why don't we dive into our discussion topic for today? Yeah. This was actually suggested by a listener. Um, they they sent me a message uh, earlier this week or last week on Facebook and said, "Hey, would you mind doing like a quick series on like brew day measurements and calculations, just kind of as a refresher?" I think it'd be good because it's one of those things where we haven't uh, really like we haven't talked about it since or for I, I was looking at the numbers. This is like episode 180 or something or 170. Like we're up there. So yeah. it's been, you know, a year or two since we've talked about things like this. And so I I figured we could break it up into because uh, I'm figuring like how can we stretch this out and beat <laughs> it uh, as much as we can. So, yeah, it's just, so today we're going to talk about pre-boil measurements and calculations that you want to take on brew day. Mm-hmm. So you, you have your recipe. You figured that out. This is strictly brew day calculations. Yep. Now, I, <clears throat> my whole, like, little rant here, though, is that, you know, uh, write down everything you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, this plays into that. Like, keep... You know, keep copious notes about what you're doing, what happened. Um, there's absolutely no reason to not write something down because you screwed up. Uh, just write no. All, if you write screwed up, write it down. Yeah, exactly. You, like it, that's even more important. It might be a happy accident. You might find something interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, write everything down, and that's part of this uh, brew day calculation um, on the pre measurements. Yeah, yeah measurements. like yeah, calculate. Like I, I wasn't really sure what to call it. Like I, I, so I titled the, the, the Google sheet of notes, like brew day lab. Yep. Cause like 2019 for, uh, for Humberbound, it seems to be lab year. We're getting kind of into the sciencey <laughs> shit. Like sure. we've talked about water already this year or like started talking about water. We started talking about other stuff. So kind of like homebrew lab, sure. like science lab. Yep. Um, so yeah. So the first thing, um, if you brew outside, the first thing you absolutely want to ch- want to want to record is the ambient outside temperature. I'm just gonna assume. I mean, I guess I can't assume, but I think probably the majority of people that are listening out there are probably going to be brewing in a garage or outside. Yeah, it just makes the most sense from us, like a cleanliness standpoint. Or I mean, um, I definitely spent a long time brewing in the kitchen, and then sort of sp- <laughs> spilling everything everywhere, and then moved to the garage. So uh, the garage is nice because you just hose it out. Well, yeah, there's that, and then I. I used to live like on the third second third floor third floor of a walk up and I'd I'd have to walk all the way down to the basement and drag everything up from the basement and out into a garage. Oh god. Yeah, it was a bitch. That would have um, been enough to make me stop brewing. Well, yeah, I mean that's like that's where you run into that like for <laughs> for the love of the game type of shit, you know, like yeah, did I want to be doing that? No. Right. Did, what did I need to be doing that? Yes. That's how uh, I felt about eighty beers in a row. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah. All right. Yeah. No. So that's like, yeah, ambient temperature. Like that's going to affect things like how many degrees you're going to lose over the hour. Like you mm-hmm. have your stuff in the cooler, and we can get to that in a minute. Or how long it's going to take to get stuff to a boil, or you know, like it has, and or how much boil off you're going to get if you're outside. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I, I would throw like, check the humidity too. That too. Yeah. I've definitely brewed on the hottest day of the year and I've definitely probably brewed on the coldest day of the year and over the years. And, uh, yeah, I I mean, if you're using like what I did, which was a square cooler mash ton, that was kind of what I graduated to. I was using the taller, like orange cylindrical ones, but, uh, you know, you get, if you you're using the the square one, the surface area and the the downward pressure on the mash is less, and so I just sort of kind of switched to that from the cylindrical. Oh really? And then I eventually should. moved into a kegel. 
I'm gonna have to think about upgrading my mash tun one of these days, because I'm still using the uh, the the Home Depot ten gallon. And that cooler. works fine. Oh yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it gets the job done. Right, rice hull. When in doubt, <laughs> always rice hulls. Yeah, rice hulls, and then false bottom. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, we could get back into. Oh, I wish Gordon was. Here. This is the first time I will ever say that. I wish Gordon was here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? So Gordon just did re- listen through the entire backlog of Humber Bound. Holy shit! I know, right? And Miles and I would get into stupid fights, okay. and he was he was always Team Manifold, and I'm Team. Uh, False bottom. I like uh, the false bottom better. I think I get a better, uh, you, better dispersion, less less chance of channeling. Team manifold. Are you team manifold? You fuck nugget. No, uh, I, I, <laughs> no, I'm <not laughs> no. I'm team false bottom. I just okay. I don't know. I'm 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 a fan of what's called an underlay. Mm. So putting water, putting hot water, um, like in through the out, uh, and then underlaying nice hot water. And get your mash ton going. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. interesting. That's another thing you can do. Yeah. All right, we have that a lot of things to talk is, about. Is Chile? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, all right. Um, so then, yeah. So then you also want to. Uh, so after you have your ambient temperature and maybe humidity, I, if you, I mean, that's that's one of those things where I don't know if it matters or not. Uh, let's check the humidity, but it could uh, change how much you're boiling off of your kettle. True. Um, all right, then you want to you want to keep an eye on your mash tap, which sounds like just like a duh, but you want to know like what you strike at, and then um, you want to you want to just take note of your sp- starting mash temp, and then I like to um, just keep an eye on it, like maybe check it at like thirty minutes, and maybe check it at the end, just so you know where your degrees loss are, because if you're using a cooler and you don't have like a constant heat source like recirculating and heating up that mash you're gonna have temperature loss it's just the the nature of the game right and usually it's you know just a couple of degrees over an hour so it's not a huge deal that isn't a big deal because i'm gonna assume that if you are going the cooler route that you're not doing like complicated like step mashes and yeah. things you're, you're doing a single infusion uh you know and 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 based on the beer style i mean high low you've got about a 10 degree window yeah but uh, but yeah, you also uh, can keep an eye on that. Like with the ambient tent, you can use temperature. You can use this. Be like, okay, so I know if the temperature is below this, I need to wrap my cooler in a blanket or something, right. or uh, some mylar or something to help retain that heat. Or shut the garage door. Or shut the garage door. Bit. Or uh, do what I do, and if it's cold, I uh, strike and then bring the uh, or I, I get my get my mash going, and then I just bring it inside. That works, yeah. Yeah, I just carry it inside with me, and then it sits inside until I'm until I'm ready to boil. It makes a mess on the inside occasionally, but it's better than having shitty for, beer. For the love of the game. Right, for the love <laughs> of the game. For the love of mopping three times a uh, night. All right. All right. Um, then the next thing you want to check is your mash pH. If uh, So do you guys use strips, a digital readout? What do you guys use for? pH? Yeah. pH meter. Just like a digital pH meter? Yeah, we have two different ones. We have one that's more of an instant little guy that... Uh, I think we were talking about that. Were we talking about the iDip? Or maybe yeah, we were talking about the iDip. Yeah, the, like they provide you with a really like nice, accurate pH meter. I didn't realize they had a pH meter, too. Mm-hmm. That comes in the kit as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, your best your best bet is to just get a simple pH meter. I mean, yeah, you can get them for a few bucks off Amazon. Mm-hmm. We're looking for, what, 5.2 to 5.6? And if you are... Depending on how complicated you're getting in into this kind of thing, you should probably know how much uh, acid malt you will need to add for um, to to get that pH going right away. Another thing that I would recommend is, uh, as far as mash pH, uh, mash in your dark grain first. Um, and the darker the beer, the more dark grain, the less acid malt. Uh, you may even not even honestly with, with our Dark beers like the milk stout, uh, we don't even add acid malt to get the pH in a range. That that uh, dark malt, it's uh, it works well enough to bring it into range. So, uh, that and that's another thing. Maybe you could, you know, do a little test and see. Excuse me. Okay, so 
I got all my dark grain for this bash batch mashed in. Let's take a pH. Let's see see what we got going here, and then start adding the rest of the base malt in, and you can correct later on with a little bit of acid malt just to kind of mix it or mix her up and get it into range. Okay. And you've got enough time here while you're mashing. I mean, it isn't this isn't one of those things where you need to feel stressed out about the grain just sort of sitting there. You know, you can kind of kind of play with it a little bit. You got bit. some time. And, right, you have some time to take so take a variety of measurements and kind of see where you're at and see what normally happens. Um, you know, and then generally like with us on a pro level, we're using the same malt from the same people. And so there's some manner of consistency, but I mean, if you're using different malts from different places, well, and yeah, and if you can control your your crush and all that too, that'll oh, right. that's a big part too. But generally, the places you're getting it from, they you yeah. know have it set in a, in a decent uh, fashion. So yeah, mash pH. You want to go flip that that switch right there on the on the heater? I think that's the heater. I don't know if that's the heater or not. Yeah, that was the heater. Yep. Perfect. Look at that. All right. All right. So Magic. then, uh, yeah, so mash pH, just keep an eye on that. Make sure it's it's where you want it. And even if it's not, write it down. And then you yeah. can fix it after brew day. Like, so a lot of this stuff, you're gonna you're you're just taking notes so you know, like, okay, this is what happened to the beer. Here's all the variables. Um, and then uh, another thing that you can do, and this is more if you want to shorten your brew day, uh, do a conversion test, like mm-hmm. a, just a simple iodine test. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, you can use iodine to check to see uh, how how your starch is converted out of your mash. So if you pull a sample of your mash, um, like I would say start at about a half hour in. Would you sure. say about yeah. that? Or? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, do it whenever you want. Just, I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you out. can do it whenever no, you want, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you're looking if you're to... looking for something... <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes probably a good time. <laughs> if you want to see if you're getting close to done or not. But yeah, so about a half hour in, uh, you take that, uh, go down to the drugstore, Shopco, Walmart, whatever, and just get a bottle of iodine with a little glass dropper. Uh, take some of that, ma- take some of your mash water, uh, or I guess it's wort at this point. Take some of that wort, put it on um, a plate of some kind. White plate. White plate. Mm-hmm. White specifically. And then uh, just drop some iodine in there. If it uh, turns black, your starch has not been converted. If it's yellow, you're good to go. Yep, pretty much. It's It happens pretty quickly. Um, another another thing we used to do, uh, you know, a few breweries ago was uh, they'd have like a piece of chalk and they'd... St- snap a piece of the chalk off and then you would do that that test on the tip of the piece of chalk oh so put the put the wart on the mm-hmm. tip of the chalk and, yep, then, and then instead of uh okay that's kind of cool. instead of the dish i don't yeah. know I mean, if, but i don't i don't know anybody that doesn't have like a small small white dish white cereal bowl or something yeah like yeah it, yeah it doesn't have to be anything it just needs to be clean yeah but you no, know, i like the chalk idea that's kind of mm-hmm. neat you're gonna go throw a shit ton of chalk though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That brewery had a chalkboard, so. Oh, okay. So they just had chalk laying around. Chalk. And so the half piece of the chalk we get used anyway. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that's uh. That's that's something you can do. Uh. Do you guys? I'm sure you guys do conversion tests, right? See if every, or do you just kind of. Uh. Or do you just kind of feel like you're like you're I know it's this point an hour like or. Uh, I wonder if Chad does it. I bet he doesn't. Ad- admittedly, I've only brewed on that big system three times, and and the boys kind of do what they do. So okay. That said, I, I don't think at this point they do a conversion test. I think yeah. they just and it's one of those things where you don't have to do it. I would only like at the hungry level if you're looking to shave minutes off your brew day. I would do it. Sure. Otherwise, just wait. Wait the hour, and odds are you're going to be converted. Right. And then, you know, I mean, not to worry, like uh, malt is so highly modified these days, too, that there's much less concern uh, these days about the conversion. Yeah. And if you're and if you're really worried about, you know, your efficiency or something like Mm -hmm. do it. Also, it's just a fun test that you can do. There's not really any measurements or anything to take there or write down. Well, it's darn impressive when you're with (laughs) maybe with somebody that hasn't done much brewing. 
You're like, hey, look at this sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, if you want to impress your friends, do some magic tricks. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, the other thing you want to kind of grab when you're doing uh, pre-boil stuff is your pre-boil gravity. A lot of people take measurements of the first runnings. I don't like if you're doing a batch sparge, I don't think the first runnings really give you anything mm-hmm. um, because there's still so much sugar left in the mash ton. Yeah, I mean, by all means, take as many measurements as you want, but honestly, uh, until you're uh, done, or until you're ready, until everything's run in before boil, then I guess I don't really see a reason to take it, but taking the pre-boil gravity is very important. Yes, because then you can calculate your mash efficiency. Correct. Um, Which, am I beeping or are you? No, that's my beep. Okay. I was like, I heard I'm, beeping. I'm the bastard. <laughs> I can't figure out how to shut it off on the iPad. Oh, okay. All right. For whatever reason. Um. So, yeah. So, uh, mash efficiency. Brian, is mash efficiency important? Yeah, definitely, man. Absolutely. For a number of reasons. What um, are the number of reasons? Well. At least uh, a couple of them. <laughs> Well, making sure you're using the, I mean, the the correct amount of, of grain, that you're not overusing grain, you're not, you know, underutilizing what you have, you know, in the in the ton. That was a big um, one. Do you know what your mash efficiency is at the brewery? Yes. What is it? Uh, I would, uh, you caught me off guard, I would have to actually look. <laughs> <laughs> I, That's why I said, I, do you know? Well, it, short answer is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, good enough where no it's, where nobody's right. It's it's probably me. like in the in the in like the eighties. I'm guessing definitely yeah. yeah. So like uh, seventy to eighty percent is pretty typical, and I'd say we're probably in the low eighties. And you know, it's just a it's just a, it's a matter of of this this is gonna it, it starts getting really complicated, and we don't really need to like get into this too much. But you know, there's a QR code on the on the bag of malt. Okay, you, you check the QR code, you check the batch, you see what the efficiency is supposed to be. And then if we're using, you know, uh, you know, 15 bags of two row and one bag of caramel malt, um, then we check that efficiency of, or we check the specs on the malt. And we know that since our brew house has 82 percent efficiency, that we need the specs to look a certain way. And, you know, then we may need to add you know usually the increments are like 15 pounds or 10 pounds for us for you guys it might be like a handful to kind of get to where you need to be so i'd say we're in we're we're low 80s i think is kind of where it was at the okay. last time i looked into it but i mean and and there's not much playing around with it but we do every few batches we'll have the the we'll order a, a different you know sack of, or like a an extra sack of malt and then if you know the specs are looking weird then we'll toss a little more malt in for a little bit more um you know sugar okay or starch rather to be made into sugar chain yeah so really it's it's uh uh one of those things where recipe formulation uh really kind of hinges on mash efficiency yep and you can use brew house efficiency to kind of get to the same Mm -hmm. same spot but it's possible to get upwards of 90 but that's you know that's insane yeah uh, what, do you know and, what your brew house is at? Uh, I want to say we were like 78 or 80 Okay. Uh, last time I measured it, but that was that was a while ago, and I've done things to improve it. And I, I uh, so, I'm going to talk about this next episode, but I'll mention <laughs> it here. I bought grain again, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, Casey, yeah, you've been brewing a long time. Yeah, yeah. Casey's going to be brewing again. So, and we're yeah. going to be taking just a bunch of, we're going to be using all this information and all the water, and we're doing the water thing too. So, we're going to take that into account. Yeah, and yeah. So, we're going to have so many numbers to look at. That's true. We're going to have to get Justin back down here. Well, yeah, we probably should. To look honestly. at numbers. Um, some of the keys, though, like on this improving your mash efficiency sort of thing is like, uh, part of it has to do with the crush, and we kind of touched on that, but... Honestly, I'm going to I'm just going to say like you, you you really got to like trust your homebrew supplier cuz I'm I'm guessing there's some person there who's keeping an eye on the crush or I'm hoping. Yeah. Otherwise, if you really want to do your own, pick up a mill. They're not expensive. That too. Um like for a couple hundred bucks or not even that. Like for like 150 bucks in a drill, you right. can you can have your own mill 
and completely control your your grain. Sure. Yeah, another thing is is if you are doing if you do end up we're gonna go into the calculations here in a second, but I mean if you are having shit efficiency, uh ma- just mash longer. Yep. You know, uh try oh, yeah, yeah, no, check check your minutes, convert do your conversion check. Do your conversion check, check you know. Just make sure you're converting um, everything. Check your mash pH. Right. The other thing we checked touched on was control your pH. Five point four is ideal, five two to five six is perfect. Um protein rests. Um that'll help break down the cell structure. Um, it's it's a lot of figuring out what to do in your brew house. Yep, and then another thing different. that we touched on too was the dead space. Yeah, okay. which I had never even thought about. Yeah, that's that's gonna definitely uh, factor into it because what's sit what is sitting under the false bottom? Nothing. Right, like shit that isn't you're not able to mix it around. It's shit that filtered through and or, you know. So yeah. yeah, identify the loss. You know, uh, so my my mash uh, efficiency went way up when I started doing. I started doing a twenty minute recirc mm-hmm. at the last like twenty minutes of the mash. Just yep. started recirc is fine, but then we're we're not talking about sparge here. When we talk yeah, about no. sparge, do not over sparge. Yeah, okay, yeah no, that, this, this is just this is just a straight yeah. recirculation. Mm-hmm. Sparge is you're inter- introducing new new water. Yeah, here. when we're talking about recirculation, we're you're talking taking about, that mash and you're just running it through. Yep. So it can dissolve as much as possible, and and we recirculate before we sparge. I think anyway for to to set the bed, get a little bit yep. of, of the of the stuff. That's well, and with in with the a batch sparge too. Top. Um, instead of just letting the uh, like a lot of batch sparging, you'll just let it sit on the grain. I recirc during the batch, mm-hmm. like just recirc that before I boil off off. Yep. And then what I was saying about how we kind of keep a little extra bag around um, on the homebrew scale, just keep a little extra DME around. Or LME, whichever. Yeah, and you just throw a cup in or half a cup yep. or a few ounces, whatever you need. Yep. Yeah, no, DME yeah. is, it's a godsend at the humber level. Absolutely. Always have some on hand, dude. And uh, and extra and dry it, yeast. And it's super easy to make starters with it, too. So right. just buy that buy that five, ten pound bag. You're going to use it. did you want to go over how to calculate the yes, mash efficiency? Yeah, this was, is going to take a hot minute. <laughs> this is the, this is going to take a few minutes here. So calculating uh, mash efficiency is... It's not complicated. It took me a minute to figure it out, though, because um, I was confused about the term grain points. So each grain has a number of grain points, and all grain points are based off of sucrose, like which is you know corn sugar. Mm-hmm. So um, and so corn sugar dissolved in a gallon of water at uh, complete. Um, What's what's the is it homogenization where you can't dissolve any more in? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has a specific gravity of ten forty six. So basically, all you do is multiply that by a thousand, or just drop the uh, the one dot off of it, and you end up with forty six grain points. Okay. And so that's that's essential. Like the easiest way to figure out grain, like and so grain points are the maximum extraction percentage of a grain. Does that does that make sense yeah, to you? Definitely. Okay. Yep. So the the maximum amount of sugars that you could get from that grain. So um, if a grain had, uh, like well, if it if it was sucrose, that the maximum you can get out of sucrose is. 46 grain points because it comes to 10.46 and so you can find the total potential grain or the the potential uh starting gravity usually on um a or like on the website where you're buying your grain they usually have it listed or i guess you have like a qr code that you scan on your sack yeah it just it well uh, the the big company that we use RAR through BSG, yeah, they have the QR code. Whereas with like Brees, if you're or Country Malt, if you order from them, these different maltsters, they'll send send you a spec sheet. Yeah, and they're always different. So uh, you can also find it uh, by um, the so if, if 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 instead of the the specific gravity, they give you the extraction percentage. Mm-hmm. So uh, say it's like eighty one and a half percent. Is, is what they give you for the percentage. You can find that by converting that into a decimal. So uh, that would be 0.815 and just multiplying that by 46. Right, right by your 1046, which is... You know, which is su- sucrose. Sucrose. Yep. Maximum solubility. Yeah, so just everything, 46. 46 mm-hmm. is the key, and you just multiply basically everything by that. 
And so if you had 81 and a half, you'd get 37.49 as your grain points. Right. And you need this, uh, like, and, and it's very complicated. Like, it's it's so weird, this entire thing. But so, all right, so you take your grain points. So you, you have that. Um, then you need to get your total potential points. And if, like, audio form, I understand this is going to be hard to follow. Yeah, so um, probably we should. You, you've, yeah. I've got a handy thing right in front of me that, right, you, that, that you wrote. That I wrote out. Also, uh, John Palmer's How to Brew. Dude, if you haven't he read br- Palmer's book at yeah. this point. He, he breaks this down really well. There's a few other sites yeah. online that you can find this. But basically, uh, you're going to take the, the formula is you take your grain points for that grain. You multiply it by the weight of the grain in pounds, and then divide that by the work collected. So for your, um, so if you're looking for brew house efficiency, you do it by your final. Uh, if you or final work collect or your batch size. If you're doing it for your pre or for your mash efficiency, you want to do it for how much wort you collected for. Um, for for your boil, so this is your pre-boil volume, not your not your final volume, your pre-boil. Does that make sense? It does, because that that was the thing that tricked me up for the longest time. Because in Palmer's book, he's doing it by batch size, yeah, and he's giving you brew house, and I'm like, these numbers aren't adding up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So you wanna you wanna focus on the amount of wort that you've collected. And that's another thing that you also want to measure. Uh, speaking of brew or pre-boil measurements, you want to measure how much wort you pulled out. Yeah, that too. So, yeah, say we get four point, you know, like say we get not quite five gallons of, of wort here. Like, what are we doing? Are we rounding up? Um, I would round like... I would run to the nearest half. Okay. Like, so if you're at like 4.1 or 5.1, just round it down, round it down to five. Five, yeah. Like, it's going to get you close enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want, you could just plug oh, yeah. in the, the decimals can, in here. If you can figure out, like, I know, like he was saying on an audio format for me, like, usually I listen to these types of things while I'm driving. And so this is one where I'd have to kind of like go sit down and, and start scribbling around with a pencil. Yeah, uh, me personally, that's just me. But yeah, anyway, maybe, so maybe that so smarter than that me. that'll give you the uh, the total potential points for yep. each grain, and you want to figure that out for every grain in your recipe. Then add all those together. All right. Then uh, take your pre-boil gravity, which you've already measured. Uh, do the same thing and find like the total grain point for that, or basically just drop the one dot off of your hydrometer. So you like that's and that's the easiest way like. Don't worry about like what I'm multiplying, but just drop one dot off. We don't care about that. And then you take um, your pre-boil points, so that number, uh, divide it by your total, which is what you just calculated, and then multiply it by 100 and you have your mash efficiency. So it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. I mean, once it, you, once it really you, does sound like more it, complicated it does, than it is. It does. Uh, what, but once you, once you do it once... You'd be like, oh, that's fucking dumb. Why didn't I like <laughs> And that's and that's and that's how I felt like because I I honestly spent an hour trying to like like looking at Palmer's stuff, looking at other notes, and I'm like, okay, so I have this recipe from Justin. Like cause I, I was working on this while I was buying the grains for that recipe. And, oh sure. And yeah. I'm like, all right, so I I have I have this recipe that I'm gonna brew and I'm like I can figure I, I figured everything out, like and I'm like, these numbers do not add up. Nothing makes sense here right now. And then I was like, oh shit, okay. I understand what I did wrong. And I don't know. It's if you like math, you're gonna love it. If you don't like math, this is never something like I've brewed I don't know, six years, seven years now. And I figured this out once and then never worried about it again <laughs> and make okay beer. Like yeah, that. And that's, the, and that's, well, yeah. And then that's, that's the key here. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for ultimate repeatability, this is a must. It is a must, but if you you're know. just looking to make beer, then don't yeah, worry whatever. about it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those like, and that's, and that's how I view brewing is you can get as deep and granular as you want. Mm-hmm. You can also just make beer. True. Yep. I think a lot of people 
get too worried about uh, you know making making. I don't even know where I'm going with this. People get kind of worried about like the complexity of this and. Honestly, if you just want something, like you said, you just want to drink some stuff. and Yeah, and I mean, you can you can go with uh, the tried and true uh, patented Casey method of ZFG brewing and make okay beer. <laughs> Zero fucks given. Yep. Uh, and it works, like, because at the end of the day, you're making beer. You can't fuck it up. Uh, I mean, you can fuck it up, but it's very hard. Like, if you, ha- if you have your basics there you're gonna make beer true like if you have sanitation you have uh temperatures in roughly the right spots you wait a full hour for your mash you do a solid research and vorloff and boil for 60 minutes and throw some hops in and then ferment at a decent temperature you're gonna be fine you're gonna make a drinkable beer absolutely yeah like but these are all the nerdy things that you get a nerd out of on after you've been brewing for eight years. And like, I don't hate myself enough. Let's dive into the numbers. <laughs> so true. All right. All right. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add no, onto man. this? Uh, I mean, did I do an okay job of explaining? That? I don't I think you did. And I, I was relying on you to, with this uh, calculation stuff. Uh, yeah. I'll, I should probably like throw a link to the Palmer thing. In there, yeah. or maybe just put like these notes in in the in like the, the podcast notes. thing. These notes, because uh, yeah, it's it's hard to like it's a word problem. It is very much so. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not as difficult as a word problem as selecting the best deal for toilet paper or uh, paper towels. Uh, no, that's a very easy word problem because uh, you get fed up and just pay whatever price you want for the brand that looks the best. Yep. Because <laughs> that's how the real life works, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys know about real life. Like, I can afford Charmin. I'm going to get Charmin, damn it. Hell yeah, player. Those bears look happy. <laughs> oh, the bear shits in the woods. Yeah, with Charmin. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week, and I hope, really hope you enjoyed this discussion. I had fun. Hope you guys had fun. Uh, if you like support us, head over to patreoncom and become a patron today. Uh, if you have any questions, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/blindersstudios, or follow us on Twitter at blind_ninja. And we'll be back next week. Peace. <laughs>